social porter and thank you for joining me here at outposts take the turn off the main road onto old field road go all the way to the end and there is a beautiful cafe magnificently situated and set off the river far enough to be able to take in not only the broad green fields but the forest on the other side it's a beautiful evening on the cascading banks of the Ocklawaha River, where the trees gently lean over the river's edge and every evening is absolutely pleasant. On a side note, and then a forenote, we should be ever so careful what we profess. Palms up, confession. Palms out, profession. Are you a typical promise maker? and promise breaker. If you tend to break your promises, let me suggest you do more and promise less. Better to pledge two things and to do two things than to pledge ten things and to do none. If someone is disappointed that you didn't make a promise, huh, well, let them be disappointed. It's better than making a promise you knew you couldn't keep merely to acquire their approval in the short run. In fact, if we get right down to it, James 5.12 says, Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, or you will be condemned. Well, consider this. The more you do not keep your promises, the easier it gets to not keep your word. The inverse is true also in that the more you do keep your word, the easier it is to keep your word. We are the people of honor. We do what we say, and we say what we do. And we live our lives in exemplary conduct and character that honors the living God, my Jesus, our Savior. It's a matter of character. Remember, it is your personal honor I'm speaking of. Additionally, you're presenting the kingdom of God in the eyes of the world. If you tell someone you're going to call, man, then call even if it's to say you're not going to call. We can't live our lives on what I call momentary promises. For many, what is true today may not be true tomorrow. That just won't work. Good old Dan Clay used to say, if you do, you do, and if you don't, you don't. That may not make much sense to some folks, but think about it. It's good sound wisdom. I did not get that for years, but I think I do now. It means if you say yes, then do yes. And if you say no, then do no. 
and have the grace to say yes when it's appropriate and how to say no when it's necessary. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Think carefully before you commit. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. The last word in James 5.12 is the word condemned, which is the Greek word for hypocrite, which implies deceit. And if anyone in this world needs to be known as honest and reliable, it is the people of God, people of outstanding character. Now, I want you to understand, hypocrisy is the Achilles heel of all mankind. Only God does exactly what he says. The rest of the world always falls short. It is our Achilles heel. But he can make us to be the people of honor that are not hypocrites. And we do live our lives according to his word. And we do what we say and we say what we do. And we even tell the truth when it's to our own hurt. Our topic tonight is pledges and affirmations. Where it came from and how do our pledges and affirmations impact society today? Ponder that a moment while I take a break and we'll be right back. I suppose it could be said, most people live at a slightly erratic tempo. Of course, some more than others, and most of us might even be slightly out of tune, some more than others. Even at that, everyone wants to be believed and validated in some fashion or another. What lengths are we willing to go to in order to have people believe us? Some folks want others to believe them for criminal reasons. Others want the hopes of being validated. And then there are those who tell the truth for the sake of the Lord, and it doesn't matter if any person endorses or validates them because the truth, who is Christ, is sufficient for them. An oath is a promise calling upon something or someone that the oath-maker considers sacred, usually God as a witness to the binding nature of the promise or the truth of the statement of fact. To swear an oath is to make a solemn vow. I fully believe the Lord takes the promises we make to others seriously, and that means we should too. Friends, let us be honorable people because God is the King of honor. Honor is spelled Cuff Bait Dalet. 
Vav Kof. Now listen to this. Okay, here it is. Tell the truth even if it's to your own hurt. To do what we say and say what we do. To be people of courage and honesty and live out our dedication and loyalty to God's values. Kof. Let us be honorable people whose insides match our outsides. Bait. And our conduct and character is exemplary. Dalet. Let us be honorable people because we are connected to heaven by the nails of the cross. Vav. And our God is the King of honor. Let us wear Jesus as our crown, the crown of a good name. Kof. There are those in our society who object to making an oath or a vow even in court, asserting that their word is their bond, and if they say yes or no, you can bank on it. Well, now that, my friends, is righteous and very brave. When people make an oath or vow, most of the time they also imply that if they fail in the accomplishing of their oath, It somehow invokes some sort of divine displeasure. The ancient Hebrews were really big on oaths and vows, even to the point of it becoming downright ridiculous. The most unusual oath or vow is the explicit, I swear, meaning to promise something to someone or to solemnly charge, but any statement or promise that includes as my witness or so help me That also is an oath. Many people take an oath by holding in their hand or placing over their head a book of scripture or a sacred object, thus indicating the sacred witness through their action. When we take an oath or swear something, it's like we have taken on two masters, the Lord and the oath. In fact, the implication of the Hebrew word oath could literally be taken to mean to fence yourself in, to limit yourself. And the root word means a boundary line. Yes, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. So we're down to a boundary line being an oath of sorts, which means the property deed you possess, which defines what is yours and what is your neighbor's, is a type of an oath, a sworn agreement. The title to your car is a sworn agreement, an oath and a vow. In light of James 5.12, do you really think it's about a rigorous legality? Or is it about your character and keeping your word? We could take James 5.12 to the point of being legalistic and never even say things which would require us to keep our word. But honestly, that makes for some very odd conversation. I knew a man who was so careful about committing himself to anything, he would almost never say yes or no. Instead, he said probably, more than likely, pretty much, or I think so. That isn't someone being careful about their oaths and vows. That's someone who fears committing to anything. And yes, 
his life reflected his lack of commitment. You couldn't count on him for anything. Oaths and vows. Very tricky stuff, and our society is absolutely rife with them. say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Matthew 5, 34-35. Is taking an oath the same as giving your word? Well, some say yes, and some say no. To me, giving your word, as in, yes, I will be here every Tuesday to teach the class, isn't in the same context as taking an oath, but it certainly qualifies as a vow and giving your word to do something. We must rightly divide the truth here without becoming legalistic in the process. Does God mean we should never agree to anything because it is a form of taking an oath? I think, no. If you pledged to open your doors on a certain day of the week to hold a home group meeting, I doubt Matthew 5, 34-35 means for us to not give our word or pledge to open our home. How would anyone follow us in ministry if we only used the phrases probably or more than likely? 1 Corinthians 14, 8 Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? There is much to be said about giving and keeping your word. Remember, we are honorable people. We tell the truth even if it's to our own hurt. And we do what we say and say what we do. And we live our lives in such a way as to be people that are full of courage and honesty and dedication and loyalty to God's values. It is said that in the days in which we live, many people fail to keep their word and get downright hostile if we challenge them to do what they say. If you promised you'd show up, then show up. And if you can't, then don't promise you will. You may mean well, but good intentions don't count for not showing up. You know the old saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. More and more often, people routinely break the promises they have made with little fear of repercussion. 
High divorce rates and political corruption testify that many are pretty unconcerned with keeping their vows, like a pledge of office, or even the covenant pledge of marriage. I believe it is apparent that the solemnity of our sworn promises simply is often not taken seriously. Are all vows and oaths a bad idea then? Well, James 5.12 says one thing, but we do what we do with Deuteronomy 10.20. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. Should we throw away making declarations in the name of Jesus just to conform to the law? Everyone, at some point or the other, has made promises they did not intend to keep. On the outside of their person, they looked good and they appeared to have all of the right intentions. But on their insides, they never intended to actually do what they said. Let us be honorable people whose insides match our outsides, and our conduct and character is known as exemplary. If you're honest about that, you know it's true. Many of us make vows all the while knowing that we have a way out if we want out. However, such actions take lightly the word of the Lord. God looks upon the heart and knows whether our intentions conform to the promises that we make. 1 Samuel 16.7 The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. If you have made a promise that you did not intend to keep, think about that. Why did you make it in the first place if you never meant to keep it? Say what you do and do what you say. If you give your word, then keep your word. And if you can't keep your word, go to that person and explain the difficulty. Friend, work the problem. Don't let the problem work you. It is unkind and disrespectful to give someone your word and then just let them hang. You know what I mean? You know, telling someone you'll meet them at such and such a time, and on a whim you decide to just not go, just let them hang, no phone call or anything to let them know you won't be coming. Do you believe agreeing to meet someone, although very simple, is an oath of sorts? Well, we are acting ambassadors for the kingdom of God, and doing what we say and keeping our word is foundational, don't you think? Let us be the people of honor who do what we say and say what we do. We tell the truth, even if it's to our own hurt, that our insides match our outsides, and we are people of exemplary conduct and character that we are honorable people because we are connected to heaven by the nails of the cross, and we have taken Jesus as our crown, the crown of a good name.
There are so many businesses today, which if they find out you are a believer, they don't want to do business with you. They say Christians aren't trustworthy. They lie and they don't keep their word. Well, friends, that is sad to me. Because if there is anyone on earth who should be reliable, trustworthy, and honest, it is the children of the living God. We do our God and family a great disservice when we don't keep our word. If you can't keep your word, then say so and stand on it. An amazing amount of waiters and waitresses actually loathe working at their place of employment on Sunday. Why? They say it is when the church people come in, and for them the crowd is often so stingy, condescending, and dishonest, a lot of waitstaff won't work on Sunday. Don't you think there's something wrong with that? I knew a young man who was a waiter at a nice restaurant. He said that on Sunday he had a group of 20 come in, fresh from church. He hustled, was very polite and personable, listened, took their orders correctly, you know, all the things good wait staff should do. They, on the other hand, were cold and sneering, and when they got their orders and decided they didn't want what they ordered, they blamed him and said either he got it wrong or he had purposely switched it just to spite them. One person even asked him why he wasn't in church that morning. Little did they know he was a believer and he had gone to an early service at his church. When the crowd left, they left him a tip of a quarter that was clipped to a salvation track. It was heartbreaking. Since I heard that story and many other stories since then, I have thought to myself, we are believers. We are supposed to represent the kindness and grace of God. It is part of our oath to follow Jesus. We are supposed to be generous. Listening to others is generous. Helping others is generous. Kind truth is generous. Not exploiting the exploitable is generous. Being generous is part of our pledge to follow and live like Jesus. We agree and have sworn to live like Jesus by not being condescending and self-seeking, but to be patient and long-suffering. We pray to the Lord to open the eyes of our heart to see Jesus, that we would be more like Jesus. But then to treat people like many of us do? Come on! Where is our character? God is the most generous person in the universe. Let us be like our Lord God and King. I asked one man, who was especially harsh and tight-fisted towards a waitress, why he wasn't more kind towards someone who was working hard to make ends meet. And he told me, if that woman is stupid enough to work for $5 an hour, and whatever pitiful tips she gets, she deserves her life. You know, I cried and thought to myself, it's no wonder some people don't want to be involved with church people. Do you keep your word?
When we ask God for mercy, do we think he extends it to us because we deserve it so much? Because we are so worthy? No. He extends it to us because in his love, he is committed to us and all mankind. That if anyone will call on his name asking for forgiveness and help, they shall be saved. Friends, there is always room for the humble penitent to return. Don't you know that? God gave mankind an oath and vow of love that is binding, and God keeps his word. He will do it. The Lord is faithful, faithful, faithful. He is faithful, and we have pledged to be faithful too. The Jews of old, when they were ever so serious about an oath or a vow, they did something called seven yourself. Evidently, it wasn't enough for your yes and no to be sufficient. What was meant by seven yourself was to bind yourself by seven things, to swear by seven planets, seven sacred items, seven sacrifices or seven oaths, meaning you would swear your oath seven times. Abraham gave seven lambs to Abimelech at the well of Beersheba, or the well of seven oaths. The name Bathsheba means daughter of an oath, seven days of creation, seven flames on the menorah, and so on and so on. I don't know what it was. I'm sure it's a great discussion for another time, but there really was something about the number seven. Anyway, doing all that swearing and oath-taking and vow-making, all that adjuring and charging others with pledges and affirmations really didn't stop anyone from doing what they wanted to do anyway. And as a result, when we read James 5.12 or Matthew 5.34-35, the Lord is saying, Making a pledge and an affirmation is a serious thing, and if you don't have to, don't. Let your yes be yes, and show yourself reliable to do what you agreed to, well representing the honor and righteousness of heaven, lest you be found to have an empty profession of faith. Let your no be no, having the character to have good solid boundaries, 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 and to keep those boundaries because you 
are a person of your word, not because you've gone to great lengths to make a bunch of oaths swearing on this and that. Let us be people that are honorable, glorifying God, because we do what we say and we say what we do, and we are people of courage and honesty, and we live out our dedication and loyalty to God's values, and our conduct and character is exemplary, and we wear Jesus as our crown, the crown of a good name. Honor the Lord. Let your word be your word, giving people the opportunity to see that there really are Christians who do what they say in this world. James 2:24-17. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accomplished by action, is dead. When we give our pledge, we need to do what we say. It's not enough to profess to have faith, even in small things like keeping your word and exercising good boundaries. That's exactly what keeping your word is. It is the works of your faith. As Christians, our word is to be trustworthy so that we need not swear oaths every time we make commitments and promises to one another. God calls each of us to be the kind of people that if we say we'll do something, we'll do it, and we don't have to swear an oath in order for the other person to be assured we will do what we say. Our word is our bond. And if we don't keep our word, why should we be surprised if people don't particularly believe us? If our speech is untrustworthy so that we feel the need to swear our truthfulness in all of our conversations, I swear is the truth, then perhaps we have not truly embraced the gospel like we think we have. Think about it. Calvin wrote that if James's audience observed faithfulness as they ought, in their words, there would have been no necessity of so many superfluous oaths. How trustworthy is your speech? Would people say you are believable 
someone who can be trusted and is faithful. Are you honorable, glorifying God? Do you see no harm in telling little white lies? Why are little lies white anyway? That just never made any sense to me. A lie is a lie. Little or big, it's still a lie. And what, little ones are white and big ones are black? Come on, man. (laughs) What is that about? If you have been guilty of being less than truthful in your speech, making pledges and affirmations which you never really intended to keep, then go make amends with those you've wounded. Honesty will go a long way to making us believable, consistent, and repeatable in the face of a world which is always shifting. We love to tell people we are a culture of honor, but yet being a culture of honor and being honest seems like they would go together, don't you think? I'm Social Porter, and this has been Outposts, a semi-live broadcast from the cascading banks of the Oklawaha River. This evening's production has been brought to you by Living in His Name Ministries, Eddie down at Area 22 Guitars, Paul and the crew over at WK Studios, good old Michael McGee, McDowell Electric, Paul at the Universal Tile, and Jeff and Karen at Trinity Bakers, the sweet spot on Main Street where there's always something good in the oven. Music was by Cindy Cashdollar, the Western Swing All-Stars, Gary Brandon and the Venduras, and Frank Vignola. All music use is licensed by BMI. The key aspect of an oath is the intent of the heart behind it. For oaths and vows in themselves do not establish the truth. Friends, your word, an oath or vow is only as good as the person behind it. Did you get my drift? Your word, an oath or vow, is only as good as the person behind it. This quote from William Shakespeare in All's Well That Ends Well captures an important insight. Tis not the many oaths that makes the truth, but the plain single vow that is vowed true. If our word is our bond, then the promises of our mouth are not to be taken carelessly. Let us be the people of honor, honoring the Lord our God. Be strong and courageous this week. Be honest, forthright, clear-eyed, and keep an ear open for the leading of the Lord. I'll meet you again on the trail of the Lonesome Pine. Amen and amen. Yeah.